When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, guys, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the world's first four-in-one mattress where you can choose soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it and choose your comfort level and then zip it with the reversible cover that is washable and temperature-regulated. Guys, I have one of these mattresses, so I can speak to experience. It is the best mattress I have ever slept on, bar none. You got to check it out. And the best part is, as life changes, as the season changes, as anything changes, as your body changes, you can change your mattress. Like we said, you can go soft with it. You can go firm. You can go warm. You can go cool. It's pretty, pretty incredible. So check out our friends over at Snooze Mattress, where you can get some incredible deals, including $500 off a queen mattress with that code dnvr or up to a thousand dollars off a dual split king with that code dnvr so check out uh, the snooze mattress check out that flip the four and one and get yourself a better night's sleep We are DNVR and we are live from Studio A. The A stands for acquiring as the deadline approaches. No, it doesn't. It stands for Atlanta Braves mm. in the World Series. <laughs> it doesn't. I have something to uh, take up with you in a second here. But uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at MSU Denver. MSUDenver.edu slash online is where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. 750 total classes, 45 plus online and hybrid programs. And as you guys know, No better place to go if you're looking to work a full-time job because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. All right, Mace. Before we get into any Broncos talk, I have some questions. Yes. What the hell was going on in your fridge? Oh, oh. (laughs) Last night was my fridge clean-out night. For the first time ever? For the first time in three months. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. And what was in this fridge? Uh, Let's see. Well, there was a vegan dog that had turned gray with mold. And, and grown in size. Yeah, it, it was incredible. I mean, <laughs> it looked like it looked. You ever, you know what a tardigrade is? No. It's no. a little. If you if 
it's a it's a very tiny organism but if you see it it looks in a microscope it looks kind of fuzzy and that's what it mm. and that's what my <laughs> vegan a dog looked fuzzy like fuzzy vegan I had, dog looked like a reptile i had mold <laughs> on the tomatoes and then there was some chocolate milk that my daughter had left uh, from last month and actually that again last month only a few weeks and i poured it out <laughs> yes chunks wow. chunks coming out of it and the, and the mil- and my yogurt my greek yogurt had turned the colors of neapolitan ice cream Oh, but it's all gone now. My fridge is clean. So do you start the process over again, though, and and just see what you can come up with in a couple of months? Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm kind of reassessing, you know, what I need in that particular fridge, right? Because the rest of the family's in Wisconsin and I'm here. So I'm the only one using that. So, like, I had to kind of recalibrate my grocery shops based on what the type of things I need, which is all I need for breakfast are Pop-Tarts. Mm. Pop-Tarts were on sale last night at King Supers. Wow, I might I have a reason as to why here in a second. Yes, and so <laughs> I bought five boxes, all strawberry, all blueberry. You Should know you me. eat those five boxes? The way the, the, the yeah. thing you're Oh, I'm sure out? you won't care. Um, so just yeah. did uh, the only other question I have is, didn't the fridge smell? Not really, That's no. That's a good point. Well, the thing is, the vegan dog was in a Ziploc bag. It was sealed tight. Uh, so I like, opened it. Did right. It, it had its the, own the yolk, like, ecosystem. It going did. On like, there. so the fridge actually smells fine. Every all the damage was self-contained. Like one thing I am hyper on is like putting stuff either in sealed containers or in Ziploc bags. <clears throat> so that's why I could say, oh, I can't. There, there's nothing funky in here because. Like you said, it, each thing was its own ecosystem. Right. So I did. I didn't know, but the reason I cleaned out, I'm like, okay, I, I'm spilling over here. I've got to get some stuff out, and then I'm like, oh my god, and I'm like, I have to, <laughs> I have to share this with the world because this, the fact that I let something go this far, and it's a science experiment, it's awesome. Uh, it, it it was interesting. That's yes. for sure. It was yeah. definitely interesting. Okay. This is how I spend my Monday night football. Sorry, I didn't watch the Manning cast. Yeah, because I, of that, I didn't watch. Yeah. I didn't watch anything. I just watched the Nuggets. Um, it wasn't worth it either. Um, last uh, bit of housekeeping news. I saw a woman is suing Kellogg's because there's actually zero real strawberry at all in strawberry mm. Pop-Tarts. Is she surprised? Apparently so. <laughs> it says strawberry flavored, right? Yeah. On the box. Doesn't it, doesn't it say that? Like blueberry flavored, Let's brown check. sugar flavored. Mm. Right, right. Yes. Strawberry pop tart. She thought she was getting her fruit in in the morning. Let's see. Oh. It's loading slowly. Uh, the drama. The, the drama. suspense here. No, it just says frosted strawberry. Wow. I so. mean, if you thought you were getting your morning dose of fruit in a pop tart i think uh you need to be suing yourself i feel like she she's just take she's capitalizing on the opportunity because it should say strawberry flavored not strawberry (laughs) well it does have strawberries there it says it says drop i'm reading the ingredients here i think that's where her lawsuit is going she's like she's like run an experiment that has proved there was no No, right Right. because it says dry like dry dried strawberries and then, like, it, and actually, well, then they lied. Dried strawberries, dried pears, dried apples, le- and le- dried apples, leavening, baking soda, and then there's a lot of poly unpronounceables in the ingredients. Well, she's making the claim that yes. that is a lie. Mm, I wonder how she knows. I Inside know. source? Maybe she has like a testing kit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baked with real fruit. Wow. Prove it. She well, says. Liars. Prove it. She says. All right, uh, let's jump in here to. 
<laughs> if we were, if we did, we wouldn't be talking about their lawsuits. No. It, uh, that's probably very I'm true. I'm glad we now brought it up today because I've been thinking about Pop-Tarts ever since I bought five boxes last night. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, Was it a okay. good breakfast? Oh, it's tremendous. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 on my way in, because we had our meeting, our, our weekly Broncos meeting this morning, and on my way in, I had a little package of Pop-Tarts. I ate it while I was driving. <laughs> Great, as always. When If you get the Pop-Tart flavor you like, and I like the fruit flavors, when are Pop-Tarts bad? If you get a flavor you love, they're never bad. I, I bet yes. some people would say you don't even need a flavor you love. Eh. I tried the I, I tried the guys the, the s'mores and the things that y'all spoke of. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, this is my breakfast right here. Um, <laughs> That's breakfast of champions. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right, let's jump in here because the last couple days um, in Broncos country have been really interesting. I think there's a disconnect. Well, I want to see what you guys think. I think there's a disconnect between the way we or the Broncos country as a whole sees this team. And the way that George Payton sees this team uh, and the way that we see Vic Fangio and the way that George Payton sees Vic Fangio, because of course, um, since the Broncos last played a game, the Broncos have not traded anyone. They have acquired two different players at the two. linebacker position, one inside, one outside. And Kenny Young, of course, the more exciting of the two acquisitions, a guy who Rams fans are saying like, what the hell? Yeah, we're Super Bowl contenders. Why would we trade this guy away? He's been extremely productive. So we'll talk about the trade itself in a second because I think it's a good trade no matter what. Um, but it is very interesting that we, you know we sat here on Thursday, trade everyone, fire everyone, and George Payton saying quite the opposite. I'm going to keep helping these people. Well, and when it comes to Vic Fangio, George Payton wants to give Vic Fangio every single opportunity to succeed and that is continuing right now by getting him some linebackers at positions that were really, really beat up. Goes outside linebacker, goes inside linebacker and over the weekend to help out Vic and he doesn't want to fire Vic, at least in the middle of the season. That's why I said I don't see a Vic Fangio firing coming. Uh, if, if they lose the next three games, okay, now you're on a seven-game losing streak entering the bye week. I can see that. But that's how drastic I think it needs to be in order for a firing to happen, especially early in the season. But, Ryan, I do think that George Payton isn't doing that much when it comes to buying uh, these pieces. He flipped seventh-round picks in order to get the outside linebacker, Stephen Weatherly, and he gave up a 2024 sixth-round pick in order to get Kenny Young, which is an incredible value. And like yes. you said, we'll talk about that and in, in just a, a second. he got a seventh-rounder back. So it's, he, not, exactly. it's actually only trading the difference between the six and the seven. When, when I confirmed this with the, with the source, I had to make sure that they were right on 2024 yeah. Yeah. because teams never trade that far out. And, and So, I mean, the, and <clears throat> when you go out, when you trade years in advance, it, they're technically worth, like, around less. That's how teams view them. So the Broncos traded nothing for Kenny Young. So... Yes, I do think he views Vic Fangio different than this fan base, but I don't really buy that he's a buyer right now. I also think there's something to kind of planning ahead, and it is this. You don't want to be perceived by potential coaches, if you make a coaching hire, as not doing what you can to help the coach. And especially with if you do move on from Vic Fangio after the season, you've got the specter of not knowing who the ownership is is going to be in a few months. So there's a significant sales job that Peyton would probably have to do 
if he wanted to get a desirable head coach. So what this does is shows, hey, my coach needed some help. I got in a, in a pinch. I got him some help in the pinch. Just like he wanted more corners, I got him more corners. I will do what the coach needs me to do to get the personnel in place. And that, I think, is something that other coaches, or at least the ones that interview for the jobs, they're going to notice that. That's going to have meaning. Man, that's quite a twist. You take it from from George Payton doing yeah. this for Vic to saying, no, he's doing it for the guy who's well, going to hire after he fires You're Vic. doing it for both. I mean, in the short term, you're helping Vic, but in the long run, you're kind of showing your bona fides that you're going to support your coach when he when he's in a pinch and says, hey, I look, we, we're shot at inside linebacker. I need somebody who can step in and play right away. So you not only get somebody who does still have some potential in Kenny Young, but he played in your scheme or something similar to your scheme the previous year, so he should have a relatively quick ramp up because he played for Brandon Staley in 2020. I really like the take um, because they you would have really been hanging out Vic Fangio to dry if you didn't make a move at inside linebacker. I said it after the game. I don't know if they were going to be able to win another game. Um, the, with the way that that with the way that that was set up, um, you you know you have Justin Sternad, who again I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. He's he he's being asked to do something he was not brought here to do. He's a sub package coverage guy. And then behind him, you were playing like a seventh string guy. Um, the sixth string guy got injured. So this was this was go- I mean, you really could have tanked. You could have tanked just on the backs of having no having no run stuffing inside linebackers every team would have gone into the game saying cool all you have to do is run it right at these guys you know get those linebackers moving around a little bit throw it over their head on play action and i i really think like you could have won one or zero games the rest of the year just based off of not making move there so you're right coaches around the league would have noticed that and said, man, they really hung him out to dry. This is a, a defensive head coach, and they gave him 10 games, 11 games, with no inside linebacker. So the move, I think, makes sense from that standpoint. But I really think it just makes sense from a you-got-a-good-player-for-nothing standpoint. Like, you don't have to look at you, – you, you could say zero and zero, forget anything. Even if the Broncos had Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell, it's still a good move. Mm-hmm. You gave up next to nothing for a player – who again, people in Los Angeles are pissed yep. that they gave up a starter for next to nothing. Um, and, and for that, it's a good move. And I always say like in these situations, and this is a stretch, but you say, can you envision this person being on the roster the next time the Broncos make a Super Bowl run? And you could say, I, you know, you could be the pessimist who says, well, the Broncos aren't, you know, going back to the Super Bowl for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you'd say no of Kenny Young. But if, you, if you're George Payton and you have a plan, I think that he could envision a way that in his plan, Kenny Young is a Bronco two, three years down the road when the Broncos are making a run. Well, could, and, yeah. and I think how, how George Payton views it is he's a free agent after this season, so can he envision him signing him? Maybe not here for a Super Bowl run, but can he envision signing him? And the answer is absolutely yes. And and look, Kenny Young, reason why Rams fans were pissed, he started all seven games for them this year. He was really starting to hit his stride, led the team in tackles. And guys, this guy is super productive. If he was on the Broncos and had these stats up until now, he would be their second leading, or he would have, he'd be their leading 
tackler. He would have the second most sacks, the second most tackles for a loss, the most forced fumbles, and, and the most fumble recoveries on the team. I mean, so he's a guy who's doing it all over the field, and the Broncos got him for what would be equivalent to like an eighth-round pick in, in how the teams view that pick. No, no, a ninth-round yeah. pick. I mean, that just shows you what a great deal it is. So this is just a fantastic move, regardless of a Vic Fangio is your head coach for the rest of the season, whether he's your head coach for next year, or whether it's someone else. I mean, it's credit to Peyton because he knew that the Rams were looking to play Ernest Jones, who's a third-round pick that they had at linebacker. Don't say Ernest. It gives me flashbacks to the Ernest Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the Ernest without the D. There we go. I mean, the Ernest went with a team against a team that looked like it was without a D yeah, on it Thursday. Did. It did. Anyway, ugh. I've 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 run the Dearnest puns into the ground. By the yeah. way, I don't think I can. I think do you anymore. did that before the game even started. <laughs> hey, you know what? When are the Broncos going to go against Dearnest Johnson again? Hopefully never. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm I'm shooting my shot. Yeah. Anyway, so he like, looked like a guy who they may go against at some point. Well, they'd have to make the playoffs. Seth. If he's your well, no, they can play him next year or yeah. the year after that. Or he gets traded. I mean, if you're a team like. Um, I don't know, the Bills, mm-hmm. or I realize they don't play them. But uh, if you're the the Ravens, I already played them. But just mm-hmm. teams that you know could use some running back help, I would be hammering the phone lines uh, trying to call about Dearness. Yeah, you don't a, want yeah. the Chargers to trade for him. How about a, th- how about a team in the offseason puts together a thunder and lightning backfield of Dearness Johnson and Philip Lindsay, both of whom were at the Shrine game back in 2018? Yeah, Phil is uh, tough to make any yeah, any reason for Phil right now. He's having a tough time over there. But George everyone Payton's is looking right about that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean the Texans are so bad. Um, I think Phil would be a lot so more are productive. Phil's stats. So is ever all the running Every, backs. No stats. one's doing mm-hmm. bupkis down there. Yeah, so. and the quarterback stats and the defensive stats. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're all bad. I mean, and, it's yeah. really bad. But, yeah, you, you got – so you have Ernest Jones, which is what started this sidetrack. Oh, right. And the Rams want to play him. And so you've got to kind of have the intel to know that, okay, they want to get this guy on the field. How do you kind of tickle their buying bone a little bit? I mean, you're basically, you're basically giving up close to nothing to get something. I mean, it's a trade the Rams may come to regret. Quite frankly, yeah. I mean, it's you know you, you end up trading from position of depth. You know, how does it always work? It seems like get, you end up you having an injury there. The exactly. Next, week. next thing you know, the Rams have an injury inside linebacker, and they want Kenny Jones, Kenny Young back. And it's you know not going to happen. And you give your in the you give your Broncos defense a shot. You mean a, a fair shot now? And Micah Kaiser, you should hopefully get him back in a few weeks. So now you can kind of look on the horizon and see Kaiser and Kenny Young and say, that's pretty decent. And by the way, Kenny Young, another reason why the L.A. fans like him is he's a UCLA guy. So mm, a lot a of UCLA the – UCLA name. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that is true. It does sound like a very UCLA name, doesn't it? <laughs> and um, so a lot of their fans have followed him for several years. I liked him coming out in 2018. He was I, I wanted the Broncos to pick him in the middle rounds. Went to Baltimore. It, it, funny that most linebackers – yeah. Yeah, he didn't pan out in Baltimore – but then he gets to the Rams, and he's been a perfect fit for them. So, I mean, this is this is intriguing, and he he literally might be taking a contract from Joseph Jewell or Alexander Johnson if he plays well enough. Yeah, he very well may be, and both of those guys are, are going to be looking for new right. deals after this season. And so you get Kenny Young, who is could be in your future plans as well. And, guys, you get Baron Browning back this weekend, which, which could really help. And then also, um, oh, who else is coming off the injured reserve this week? What? Jerry Judy? Yeah. Yes, but it the linebacker spot. Oh my gosh, it's completely 
evading me right now. Maybe it is just Baron Browning. But but there you go. Baron that- Browning is on. He's on the concussion list because he had. A, Someone he- else is coming back. Why is this slipping my name? Why is this slipping my head right now? Anyways, the the, the you, you could have a completely revamped inside linebacker group this week. Yeah. This week because Micah Kaiser played uh, with Brandon Staley or not Micah Kaiser. Kenny Young played with Brandon Staley last year, uh, and so he has Vic's defense down. And guys, we've seen guys come in on a Tuesday and play on a on a Sunday. And and Kenny Young, the Broncos are desperate for him. Yeah, they don't have a choice, so he'll be playing. And then if Justin Sternad was that bad last week. You can just use him in the role that you brought him in for, and that could happen as soon as this week. Now, I think Justin stays in there for a little bit. He's uh, got the dot. He's got the green dot. Exactly, but I wouldn't be surprised to see this change where Baron Browning uh, and and Kenny Young are your two inside linebackers, and boy, how different that was from just a few weeks ago. And it's an opportunity for Baron Browning because we've heard, okay, they see him as an edge, see him as an inside linebacker. Given where you stand roster-wise, just set him at inside linebacker for the rest of the year and find out what he is. You have there. to. Don't move. Don't move him around. This could be an opportunity for him, and an opportunity for you to find out more about him instead of shifting him back and forth. There's an obvious spot for him to play substantially, and and look, if the Broncos keep losing games, they're probably going to start plugging more guys like Baron Browning in to find out what they have, making the the use of the back half of the season. That's why I think we'll see Drew Locke if they continue to struggle. Maybe it's maybe it's not that the coaches have confidence in him, but just, okay, let's find out what he learned from those couple months on the bench. Um, How much did Baron Browning play before he got hurt? Not, not much. much. Special teams, basically. Yep. It's going to say, because I was – at that Raiders game when he that's when he suffered the concussion right right mm-hmm. and I like saw that like on the injury report on the on the thing it was like Baron Browning questionable return the head injury and I was like when was he ever in I, yeah I didn't notice him at all so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he looks out there and when, when you're down to the roster that the Broncos are down to that's when you play your rookies and you and you have to play your rookies and this is a guy who uh should be able to to be at least a run stuffer and that's what you need right now he's a big body guy and you need someone that can tackle so I mean you're down to that point where you say is there anyone that can stop the run okay Baron you can you're in and the good thing is Kenny Young can as well yep yeah I mean those guys were just getting swallowed by the offensive line they just need someone who can go in there and shed a block or two yep um okay so zooming out a little bit to me zach you said i don't think this necessarily means that they're buyers you could only be one or the other you can only be a buyer or a seller i guess you could make literally zero moves and be nothing but right now they are buyers or you could be both do you think that they could also end up being sellers yes Yes. absolutely absolutely and let's say they do get blown out this week against the washington football team which would be a nightmare then you're on a five game skid and guys i view this washington football team more so as the first three teams the broncos played as in really bad than these last four teams the broncos have played as in okay to really good teams so if they get blown out by them then you're saying we may may win one game the rest of the season, and that's the Detroit Lions, and I like the heart Detroit's playing with. And now you'll probably realistically get a bounce here or two and end up winning a couple of games. But George Payton would have to look at himself in the mirror and say, I have a lot of guys on expiring contracts after this year, and a lot of guys that are players right now that probably won't be around. It 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 would be he would not be doing his due diligence and doing his job properly if he didn't at least explore trades around these guys. Washington's basically the Giants at this point, and it stands to reason they played a, a tight neck and neck game 
that was decided by the slimmest of margins back in week two. They're basically the same kind of team, right down to the fact that Washington, when it's feisty, can play a very good team tough. They played the Chargers tough in the week Packers one. Tough oh, I mean, you look at the score and say 24-10, but then you look and say, well, they had the ball inside the five-yard line twice in the third quarter and went for it and didn't get it. And one of them was Taylor Heineke not knowing that the give-yourself-up rule has changed in the last few years. I hated that call. I did, too. I mean, the rule, not the rule it was based on the how, the how the rule was written, it was correct. But it's terrible because you're 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 diving. He's clearly forward. not giving yes, himself up. He's exactly. trying to get into the end zone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of that's the kind of margin that separated Washington from that and also Chris Blewett with a bad kick from from being tied or even beating Green Bay at Lambeau Field. You so th- have... this is it, it's yeah, it's a two and five team. It's not a good team, but if the Broncos aren't properly motivated, if they're not, you know, if, if they're not playing hard, if they aren't not playing with some spirit. Washington at two and five is playing with a lot of spirit and intensity. Mm-hmm. Did you hear what the ki- what their kicker said happened to his kick? He blew it. No, uh, he said the wind blew it. <laughs> well, it was a breezy day in Wisconsin on Sunday. I can attest to that. So yes, there's something to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Washington is a little better than maybe you're giving them credit for, um, just based off of what I saw in that game against the Packers. They they. Definitely gave them all they wanted. So you think they're closer to the Steelers or yeah. the Giants? That's actually because I, I think they're closer to the Giants. Somewhere they're in between. between. They're they're all they're all kind of the same team. And the the Bronco <laughs> the Broncos are in that class too. They that, sure are. That lower mid that that mid tier lower mid tier class. The Steelers handled them. Yeah, they are below mm. them in mm-hmm. that tier. I would say. Yeah. Um, but they're all in the same general group. And look, I mean, in the end came down to the Broncos having a chance to tie in the final seconds. So the one that we've heard so far is uh, Kyle Fuller. That's the one name that has kind of been rumored being out there. To me, that would be so, I don't know, like just either buy or sell is my, is my opinion. Don't just go with one guy. Well, here's the thing with Fuller, though. If you can get rid of his contract, you you could sell him. But if, if whoever you trade him to takes on that contract – then between him losing him and trading for Stephen Weatherly and Kenny Young, you've gained two point eight million dollars in the salary cap. Yeah, if so you, you get, help if you move it, if you yeah. move Fuller, you get over five million dollars. I mean, cap space. and that's why you and, can kind of say, all right, you get, you only got cap space, but you brought you brought in players at positions of need, and you divested yourself of a player to position where you didn't need him at this moment. I just Especially don't... with Michael O.J. Moody and Isang Bassey probably coming back here in the next few weeks, you really don't – I don't think you really need Kyle Fuller at this Why point. would a team trade for Kyle Fuller? That, that To me, that – and, and it's going to be Tampa. a, a seventh-round pick, but to pay a guy $5 million who's been bad – look, the Saints wanted him before the season started. That made sense because you think, ah, starting corner for $10 million? He's probably not as good as, as his 2018 self, but as a starter for 10 mil, we give up a sixth-round pick for him? Good. Now, you, you, there, I couldn't justify that move if I was another team saying that he just got benched, and before he got benched, he got absolutely crushed time and time again and looks like he's over 30 because he is over 30. Uh, to me, uh, I would be trying to sell him if I was George Payton, but I don't know why another team would take that. Teams always, teams. Be- and also teams always believe if they're, especially if they're, they're not watching the they film, al- they always believe in their ability to get a little more out of a player. They'll say, well, well and then that okay, would be silly. Well, they, exactly. But they'll say, well, you know, Denver's a, a messed up situation right now. Uh, 
doesn't look like the players are are, are playing uh, for their coaches. Maybe we get Kyle, like, like your Tampa Bay, for example, and you've been wrecked by injuries at the cornerback position all year long, and you say, you know, we're going for it. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. We've got a really good environment here right now. We can we can get Kyle Fuller right. We can get him right. Yeah, but and I the, mean, if Vic, it, they, that would just be so stupid, am I? Because if Vic can't get him right, the guy who got him right in the first place, and it's not like they're paying him one million dollars. I would get that five, almost six million dollars. I just think that'd be silly. It's all, the think, other thing that could happen is you may see the Broncos convert some of his salary to right. signing bonus, and effectively. Instead of getting five million dollars right. of salary relief, they get three million dollars of salary. Relief. How much did he play in the Thursday night game? He's played two snaps two, in the past two he games. Played no so defensive, zero snaps. He played no zero. defensive snaps in Cleveland. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Totally benched. Yeah, that's uh, you know, George is helping out Vic. Vic is not helping out George in that situation. <laughs> well, or you could say that George didn't help Vic out with with a lot of these signings that he's made. But obviously, Vic wanted. Vic wanted you Kyle th- Fuller the moment yes. he became available. I yeah, mean, look, but uh, it does, it does fall down. back onto the general manager when you sign someone. But yeah, yeah, Vic really wanted him. It took ninety minutes to happen. Yes. All right. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do here. Uh, if I, I think there will be a desperate team who wants Kyle Fuller, um, it, and it makes sense for the Broncos to give him away for. Neck to anything, any seventh round pick, it conditional does. seventh it round pick. It absolutely does because you get salary yeah, off the books. Get you know, get him off the books. There's plenty of teams out there who would look at the Broncos and say, okay, but they have Sertan and Callahan and Darby. That's why he's not playing. Again, you're you're, you're right. If they watch the film, they would see that um, he's been the worst out of those guys for sure. But they're, they might be saying, yeah, but he won't be the worst out of our guys. And I'm going to have a piece on the DNVR later this week looking at just all of the players that the Broncos could trade and their value. Mm-hmm. But another guy, since we're talking about corners, why not Bryce? He's on the final year of his deal. His value has never been better. Because, guys, I want to say this quietly, but he's played in every single game so far this year. So he's hel- he's healthy. Yeah, yeah touch what? Are, are you going to do that too? I, I, I'm touching it. Okay. He's, he's, Got it with his foot. He's healthy. Does that count? Uh, <laughs> he's playing really good. And is this someone that you can trust moving forward? No. Yeah. So if you're ever going to trade him, it would be right now, right? And sure, you, you don't like losing a player of that caliber. But if you're sellers, you're not trying to stay really good and keep your team 100%. If he proves he can stay, stay healthy, though, and I'm George Payton, I'm thinking you're about foolish. You're foolish. I know. If, if I, you think one year out of, I what, know, six? I know. I'm just saying that Payton may... Look at Bryce Callahan and say, "Wow, if this guy's figured something out and stays healthy, I might re-sign him." Which, yeah, basic, yeah, I know. It's I think that's a roll of the dice that you don't necessarily want to take in the off season, especially when if you go veteran quarterback, you have to spend a hell of a lot of money on that. Last thing I'll say on this is is I'm going to be keeping a close eye on what George Payton does here because right now he's a buyer, and while again those moves in a vacuum don't worry me at all. I think one of John Elway's biggest downfalls in that position was not being honest with himself about what the team was. And if they continue down this path, honestly, regardless of what happens on Sunday, I'm going to worry about George Payton's ability to see what the team really is, because I think we can at least... Everyone watching can agree they're not a contender right now. Right, and, and Ryan, we talked about rebuild yesterday and potentially having to go down that route. And Mason and I both said, if it gets to that point, we really hope George Payton realizes that it has to go that route and that yes. they have to do that, and it's exactly what you're saying. If George Payton is going to have the John Elway mentality, 
Maybe it's a little better than the last five years because George Payton hits on a couple more draft picks or something. But for the most part, if the team's not good, but you keep saying, we can be good, we can be good, we can be good, and you keep doing that year in and year out, you get Mm -hmm. the past five years. And it's even worse when you do it that way. Yeah. It's worse thinking you're going to be good and then being bad than just saying, okay, look, listen, it's going to be a little rough here for a year or two, but we've acquired all of these pieces that are going to help us fix this thing. It's it's the shortcut mentality. They were always looking for a shortcut. Yep. And also, no band-aids. There was an arrogance there that, like I said, like teams believe they can fix a guy. They, they trade for Joe Flacco in 2019 because they believe their scheme and their environment is going to tap into what Joe Flacco was several years earlier and get him back to that get him back to that level despite five, four seasons of declining form mm-hmm. as evidence that Joe Flacco wasn't going to get to that point but they but it's that kind of in the bubble arrogance that you get that you believe oh we, we can fix this guy and I think, this is where George Payton, I want him to kind of have the outsiders, to, to continue to have the outsiders' eyes on this. He did say, even when they were making all these signings, that the team still had a lot of holes to fill. And maybe he still feels that way. And if he's realistic about it, especially if they lose on Sunday, then I think maybe you'll see more deals than we, than, as sellers than we expect yeah you you very well may but guys we got to get to our draft king sportsbook pick of the week and i absolutely love this one guys i'm branding this the fur o ofer parlay of the week we all know what an ofer is it's when you haven't it's when you haven't won a game right yes. the fur o it's when you haven't lost a game you got something and then the o guys i'm throwing out a parlay where the only undefeated team loses and the only team without a win wins so i'm and and now you can take your level of risk with this so i'm saying that the green bay packers beat the cardinals on thursday night and then i'm saying the detroit lions beat the philadelphia eagles at home so there's three different risk levels here with this if you want to go the very risky one money Money line them both and you'll get plus 700 odds boom love it if you want to go with the traditional parlay little bit of risk uh you go packers plus six that line did rise three points when Devonte adams was ruled out and by the way wow. Devonte yeah. adams or in the matt lafleur era the packers have never lost a game without Devonte adams so i love that and you get Trade three points off that exactly there you go uh so packers plus six parlayed with the lions plus three and a half at home that line has also gone from two to three and a half so i'm loving that or if and, and you'll get plus 274 odds over at DraftKings sportsbook or if you want to go super conservative tease those two you'll get the odds down to 120 so bet 120 win 100 uh and you'll get nine and a half points for the lions and 12 points with the packers guys we'll see if my ofer furrow parlay works out you just earned, I love yeah. it though. You earned yourself a an That's... invite on the bet show. With, uh, <laughs> you got a name for your parlay. That's beautiful. All sorts of different risk factors. We're gonna have to have you on this week. I'm keeping it simple. It's the last. You know, it, it's my, maybe the last week I can do this unless yeah. the World Series goes mm. six or seven games, and that is over under uh, for the strikeouts for the picture opposing the Atlanta Braves. You got Framber Valdez on the hill. For the Astros tonight, the over-under on strikeouts he'll have is four and a half. As always, take the over. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm so compelled to do this, but I have to defend your team right now. Oh, um, yes. People are saying, like, oh, like you're left between the cheaters, 
and the racially insensitive chants. And I'm like, well, the Astros were the ones who actually cheated. Like, those players are the cheaters. Right. The players on the Braves have nothing to do with any of that. The only thing is, like, it's the organization continues to encourage the tomahawk shot. That's the one thing where you're like, okay, Mm. I I – look, as a Braves fan – that's embarrassing. It needs to go. It, it needs to go. I agree. I don't yes. want to go down a whole path right. with that. But what I'm saying is the players are the mm-hmm. ones who get to win the World Series. I of agree. course, the, the organization of the fans are too. But the Astros, like those players are the ones who literally cheated. There's just no way you can cheer for them. Right. I mean, the only. They the, don't even deserve the, to the be only, on the field. The only guy <laughs> that you can really cheer for with the Astros is Dusty Baker. Their manager, fair who, enough. That's who true. came in after the fact and somehow the last couple of years basically kept that kept that team together. And even though they haven't been able to cheat, look, we're, we're that see- we know of. Yeah, we're seeing now <laughs> they didn't need that crap. Yeah. They're a legitimately they, talented team. That makes it even worse. Yes, it does. It really it's like does. James Harden. It, like, I'm just like it's like Barry Bonds. <clears throat> yeah, but you didn't like, need the steroids. Right. Yes. James Harden. I'm like. Dude, you're good at basketball. You don't need to do all this BS yeah. trying to trick the refs into giving you fouls. Right. <laughs> right. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I just I I I felt like okay, well the the Braves players, those I I'm rooting for them and because a, they didn't they don't they didn't do anything wrong. And as a Rockies fan, you should be rooting for Tyler Matzik. Of course, because that's just think, a phenomenal story. I don't think anyone is rooting for the for the Astros. Some yeah, people, but the, uh, uh, there's some are. Oh my goodness! And they're saying right. it's because of the they do the tomahawk chop, all that stuff. Oh yeah. my goodness! All right, yeah. um, but it is embarrassing. As a Braves fan, I'll say it. it's embarrassing. I'm gonna go the conservative route on this show, <laughs> but you'll know when I'm here at the bar tonight. I'll I'm gonna go the more aggressive <laughs> route. Uh, Nuggets plus seven tonight um, in Utah against the Jazz. Nuggets absolutely laid an egg last night. They looked terrible on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're on the second night of a back-to-back. Of course, everything going Utah's way. Yeah. But the Nuggets' defense has been spectacular thus, thus far this year. Not a single team has scored 100 points on them Ooh. to this point. I think the defense stays to the level it's been, although it'll be a little bit tougher against the Jazz. And I think the offense just makes shots tonight. Uh, and I think they're, they're able to keep this game close all the way down. What I bar. like about that a lot, Ryan, is you're not going to get Nuggets plus seven ever this season so i really like taking that when you can and of course you got to get in on DraftKings sportsbook ryan's talking about the conservative line if you want to go nuggets money line tonight plus 240 there you go you can find all of these over at DraftKings sportsbook (laughs) you want to bet on mace's braves to win you can do that over there and guys if you bet five dollars on any uh nfl game this week They'll give you $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's all you have to do. Place 5 bucks on any team to win in the NFL this week. And if they win, you get $200 in free bets, which you can use right away. So use it for Thursday night's game plus $5 bet. Once your team wins, Green Bay Packers, then you will have $200 in free bets to use on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday. Get in on the action and make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this deal. And make sure to check them out. Download that app and you must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only restrictions apply to draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700
All right, fellas, I'm down to Dove Valley. All right, we're going to let See Zach go here. Um, but while he's heading out, I'll remind you, I mentioned the bar. I'll be down here at the bar tonight watching the Avs and the Nuggets. Um, that's a perfect time to remind you that every game's a watch party here at the DNVR bar. Um, the way that it works on, on nights like this, thankfully the Avs and Nuggets are staggered. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll get the full Avs game. And as soon as the Avs game is over, we'll switch the game sound over the Nuggets. They'll always, of course, if there's a game on, be at least a couple TVs on. So while they're overlapping, we'll have a couple TVs going on the Nugs. Um, but like I said, every game's a watch party down here at the bar. And I just have to say, like, I will personally promise you that our food is good. Like, you know, sometimes you go to a, a bar and the food's not very good. Everything I've had at, at, on our menu is legitimately good. The nachos are good. Every single burger is good. I had a hot dog. That's a recent addition. I had one of those the other day. Have you that had the club really level good. sandwich yet? Of course, the club that's, sandwich that's is... That's the goat of the menu right now, I think. I think so, too. I think so, too. And yeah. I think a lot of people agree with you. Um, so come on down. Enjoy a 22-ounce member beer for the price of 16 have yourself a club sandwich or another one of our great items and watch the Nuggets and Avs tonight or any night that those teams are on. Um, we'll even have the Rapids going on Wednesday night. So come hang out. Uh, we always appreciate seeing you guys. And if you see one of us here, just come say hi. We're always down to chat Broncos or whatever else with you. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the Rapids because no matter what, like even if there's another bigger game on, there will be a TV with the Rapids whenever they play. Yep, and we, we have a good a little match. crew of people yes. that come down and, and watch the Rapids here. We always appreciate hosting yeah. them. and mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I mean, the Rapids are nice. Well, they're, they've clinched the playoff spot. Yep. Going to be playing some big games here coming up as the weather gets cold. Also, I want to tell you about Ball Arena. That's Ball as in the all-new or newly renamed Ball Arena, as in the aerospace technology company, and as in the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer. Of course, I've got an aluminum can right here, and Ball needs help. They need people to work at their plant in Golden. They're look, looking for production technicians, and they have other roles because they need to make more cans. In 2020, Ball made over 101 billion cans. That's billion with a B, including this one that sits in my koozie here on the DNVR set. So they're hiring production techs to make even more aluminum cans because they are high on aluminum. It is infinitely recyclable, which means we can you can use it over and over and over again as long as you do the right thing and recycle it. The demand for sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever, and if you've consumed a beverage in a can, it's usually from a ball aluminum can. So check that out. They need people to help make those products. And of course, Ball has a great workplace. If Zach were here, he'd tell you about his Aunt Julie, who Shout works over Aunt at Julie. Ball's facility in Golden and how much she loves working there. And you can get on in on that at Ball. And here's how you do that. You check out hashtag work at Ball online. And to apply for a position at their aluminum can plant in Golden, text Golden to 77222 or Go straight to jobs.balls.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com. Search for Golden or text Golden to 77222 to be unstoppable over at Ball. All right, Mace. Um, By the um, way, I think, remember the linebacker that uh, Zach was referring to? Jonas Griffith. Ah, remember him? He was one friend. of Yes, you know, my name is Jonas. Yes, one of the guys they brought in for special teams help at the uh, roster deadline a couple months ago. Kind of like him. Yeah. But... I don't know, it might be a tough ask asking him to go out there and uh, play in Vic Fangio's defense. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, once you get Mike Kaiser back from this groin injury, if you can get him back, I think you'd like to. You'd like to see Kaiser and Kenny Young 
pardon me, both X Rams in there at line at inside linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna get a, a healthy dose of Sternad. Um, mm-hmm. I think they still believe in him to develop mm-hmm. at that position. They want him to. You know, I think he was better. Uh, he was better actually against the Browns than he was against the Raiders, in my opinion. So um, we'll see what they do with that. All right. Mm-hmm. A uh, lot of questions today, so we're going to do two full segments of questions okay. here from the listeners. Uh, and the first one here comes in from Jason17. Two questions for y'all. First of all, who pulls off a mullet the best? Zach Stevens, Drew Locke, or Noah Fan? I'm glad that Zach isn't here uh, to defend himself. We get to do this one without him. Yeah, um, I'm going to nominate myself, not because I ever had a mullet, <laughs> but my driver's license picture from my college years, the way the shadow hit hit behind my head. It looked like I had a raging mullet nice. going down the back, and so I, somewhere I have to find a picture of that. So I'm going to nominate myself, even though I never actually had a mullet. There's an image of me that looks like I have a mullet, and it, and I saw that and I'm like, boy, if I was going to put the maintenance into that thing, it would look spectacular. <laughs> but I'm prob- too lazy. I like short hair. Okay, the problem here is Zach and Drew Locke both have the same thing going, where like they they have the very clean shaven face. Yeah. And I just don't think that mixes well with a mullet. Got to have a little scruff to pull off a mullet. That's true. But Noah Fant, I mean, has no shot at pulling off a mullet. Um, so yeah, I, I can't it's really a great see question. I I probably just go Drew because he has the um the the, the exuding self confidence to mm-hmm. just be able to convince you that it looks good by just owning it. If he did it though, I'd want him to add some facial hair. Yeah, right. Like, I, I want him. And I don't keep, know if he can keep, grow facial keep, hair. keep it tight up top here. He's got kind of the crew cut going on right now. So keep that. Let it go down the back. So, re- so I mean, you really you, you really got to look there from him. And then I don't want to say like a huge thick beard, but maybe just like a kind of pencil thin beard. Sh- or just like around. some shadow. Yeah. Let it come in I think a he could. Bit. I think he could do it. It's going to be a bad look for all three. Next one's from Omaha. Bad as in good or bad as in bad? Bad as in bad. <laughs> uh, I'm so hyped you guys are on board with my Lane Kiffin to the Broncos take. Okay, we're going to talk about this in a second, but I'll finish the comment. I watched <laughs> Ole Miss beat LSU on Saturday, and I'm that much more dug in on this. In fact, I've now begun only living in a world where Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral are coming to Denver as a package next season. Think about it. When the group fronted by Peyton Manning purchases the Broncos this offseason, Peyton's going to get Eli's opinion on his buddies from Ole Miss. Uh, do you think Eli's going to sell them a bit? This needs to get done. I cannot overstate how much I disdain, how much disdain Lane has for the Raiders. Go back and read all about how that went down. It got, it got ugly and Lane didn't want, uh, Jamarcus Russell. So give me, uh, yeah, give me that guy so that we can rub it in Raiders fans faces. Every time Lane sticks it to them. I love this world. It's so much sunnier over here. I do like the fact that he'd want revenge on the Raiders. Just like Mike Shanahan. Exactly. And we know how that worked. Um, the cell is that's you got me from absolute no to one notch above absolute. I no. would take Monty Kiffin, who is still very spry, as a defensive consultant. Okay. Okay. And I would I would take Matt Corral right now as well as a quarterback of the future potentially. So it's was a this, fascinating universe to live in. Was this designed as like a Cliff and Kyler type of thing? Is that kind of that up? Cliff and Kyler, and uh, we nearly had this in Miami if if the Dolphins had hired Brett Bielema back in 2012, as he reportedly laid out in his interview with the Dolphins. Bielema, then the head coach at Wisconsin, had said, "I 
I'm dra- I'm drafting Russ Wilson. That's my QB plan. You know, as and much the Dolphins I- weren't down with that. Again, how close have the Dolphins come to having Drew Brees and Russell Wilson over the years? And and then they had Ryan Tannehill, as it turned out, in their lap, and they just they find a way to fritter to fritter these possibilities away. Yeah, as much as uh, Brett Bilima is a fraud. Um, he probably would have been fine with Russ Wilson. He, well, it's all about the quarterback. Yeah, he might he might literally still be coaching the Dolphins if he'd gotten down there and had Russ Wilson. That's of course, just, that's the thing. I mean, Vic Fangio, if he can't get this thing turned around this year, three years from now when he's on vacation somewhere, he's going to be sitting there at a bar saying, "If only I had a quarterback." Well, that's because what, that's what it's about. It is, and that's what the Broncos quarter, uh, coaches that have come and gone before him feel as well. Yeah. Um, but Lane, just, Lane Kiffin, first of all, the press conferences and the post-game interviews will be fabulous. I just think absolutely fabulous. I'm a huge. I I'm pretty much complete. Uh, I'm I'm ninety percent out on college to NFL coaches. But um, he has been an NFL head coach, and, and it was an that's abject failure. Yeah, Mike Shanahan didn't do very well with the Raiders. Not as abject as Lane Kiffin did. Didn't result in Al Davis breaking out the overhead projector. To explain just, why, but at least you have somebody who has been in the NFL environment and understands the the vagaries of it. It says it's it's the sticky stuff that doesn't work in the NFL, mm-hmm. and, and he is that. He's this you know um, like goofy kind of jokester, sticky. Get the guys to buy into his whatever in college. That stuff works in college. I just don't think it works in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, he's also a bright offensive mind, though. He is. Yes. He is. And of all the options, I don't hate it the most. But it's it's a stretch. It's a stretch in my opinion. This combination. This is the. If you had to sell me on a college coach, this kind of package deal is the sort of thing you could sell me on. And, and again, the, the fact that he has been in the NFL is why I would put this ahead of, say, the Luke Fickle-Desmond Ritter package from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. even though I'm really intrigued by Ritter. Fickle, Fickle may take that SC job anyway. I, yeah, I just, I first of all, don't love the quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. Corral is intriguing. He's but- fixed the glitch from last year. His big thing last year was one mistake became two or three in a hurry. And so he's gotten past that, what I would say is Jameis Winston disease, because Jameis had that problem at Florida State, that he couldn't get himself out of a spiral. Corral's gotten past that, to his credit. It's good. Good leader. Yeah. Good. Makes all the throws. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not out on anyone yet. I'm just not in on anyone at the quarterback position yet. And I'll tell you. Well, I'm out on Spencer. And I'll say this, we've talked a lot about Sam Howell. I had a conversation with with a couple with someone yesterday who said maybe uh, Sam Howell could be that Dan Marino arc. Dan Marino, for those who are old enough to remember, when he played at Pitts for at Pitt in college football, his senior season wasn't great, and he went from being regarded as right there neck and neck with John Elway going to 1983 draft to where Elway went one and Dan Marino went all the way at number 27. And there were some other rumors floating around about him, but his senior season wasn't good. But Dolphins knew he was still a good prospect worth taking a chance on. Sam Howell has gotten his feet back under him as he's gotten used to the new array of running backs and receivers he's working with in North Carolina. I don't think he's going to go number one overall, but if the Broncos are sitting there with a mid-first-round pick and they, they're thinking quarterback, the value might be right for Sam Howell there. All right, we got a couple Super Chats. Let's hit yep. these really quick. These are going to be the only two Super Chats we get to, so don't 
leave any other ones. <laughs> uh, from Logan, even though we appreciate all, of yes, them. we do appreciate them all, but we also got to get to the comments uh, from our members. Uh, Logan Beaumont here says, "What's up, guys? I've finished my." Broncolorian armor for Sunday. Oh. I'll be at the tailgate as well, and I think I did a pretty good job. Hell yeah. You can go over to uh, dnvrlocker.com right now and buy your tickets for the tailgate. You can mm. also buy your tickets to come to the DNVR bar around 10 a.m. and hop on the bus at 11. We'll bring you over to the tailgate, and then it'll bring you back to the bar after the game. It's a really fun way to experience the game. In fact, I would say it's the best way uh, to experience the game. So, uh, can't wait to see the uh, Broncolorian armor. I can't wait for that. That's hopefully you'll be there when I'm at the tailgate. I think I'm going, I'm going to need to get a, a, a not a selfie, an ussy. An ussy, yes, yes, as they say in Ted Lasso. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> call a uh, collection connection. All of Ted's stats are from short passes, even being dead last on third. Fangio's worst coaching decision was starting him. With Drew, we would be five and three. Uh, I don't. Well, first of all, they wouldn't be five and three with either quarterback. I don't they think only so played either. seven games. Oh. I think they'd have I think they'd have the same record with Drew as they would with Teddy. They just get there a different way. There'd be more dynamic shots down the field, but also Drew's history and we've even seen it when he's been out there in preseason games and then against Baltimore as they still struggles under pressure. We almost avoided uh going a whole show without yeah. doing Teddy versus Drew. Right. Um, the difference is that you know Drew. Yeah, the difference is that you know that Drew might develop into something whereas Teddy you kind of know who and what he is and that and that's the logic for playing Drew Locke and that's fair and I, I do think that if you're sitting there at three and five three if you get to three and six then there's no reason not to throw Drew Locke out there yes none also by the way um I told I understand the frustration of people throwing mm -hmm. uh, about throwing short of the sticks on third mm -hmm. down but we got to realize that's that's not his first option no he go, he's going through his reads, which is what everyone wanted Drew Locke to do. Well, I think on one of them, Salbert was open on that. I'm, sh I'm yeah. sure there are yes. situations. But the flip side of this, third down in the red zone, third and nine, I believe, from the nine. Teddy doesn't see anything open in the end zone, mm -hmm. checks it down to Melvin Gordon. Melvin makes a play, scores a touchdown. Yeah. That is the reason why, instead of just throwing it into coverage, you check it down and give your guy a chance to make a play. I'm not Derek, saying Derek, I endorse the yeah. idea, but there's a, there's a reason why it happens. It's because... Most of the time, no one's open. Derek Carr checks it down a lot, too. Sure, he did but, a lot this weekend. Yeah, but you, you see what his pass catchers do. Yeah. You know, Hunter Renfro makes that lunge and keeps his knee and elbow off the ground and just gets to the sticks. And you see, you know, Foster Moreau fighting for extra yards. I mean, his, his targets are doing a better job of fighting through contact for those extra yards than, for example, Noah Fant yeah, is. Yeah. Fant has got to do better at that. He's got to fight harder for those extra yards when he's hit. What's the point of being 6'5", 250, if you can't move, if you can't move a defensive back backwards, or 6'4", 250? Um, or, I mean, we never see Noah Fan even attempt. It's not necessarily his fault. You've never even seen him attempt a contested catch. Right. Like, so what's the point of having this big guy out there if he can't make anyone miss? Uh, he's not running by anyone. He's not running over anyone. And he's not jumping over anyone. I also do wish this team had a true slot receiver. Did, how much did you like Hunter Renfro coming out? Because I loved him. Loved him. I as mean, a day three guy. He's doing exactly what you and I thought he was going to do. It's what uh, yeah. Anyone in the world could have seen that. Yes. By the way, I watched... Um, East Carolina take on someone this week. Wait, that was that the game that got delayed. Like, were they playing Houston? It got delayed. Yes, it was Houston. By, it got delayed till later in the night. That kind of thing. They have a five-seven slot receiver. Something yes. Sneed. I loved him. Yes, 
<laughs> well, the Broncos tried it with River Craycraft. The problem was Craycraft was coming off of the ACL yeah. that he suffered at Wazoo, and he was and he was never the same when he got here. This kid was like winning contested balls, yes. running around people. Anyways, um, oh, that's my that's my. I don't even know if he has any draft status. He's get, my, my draft. Get crush. yourself a true slot receiver. This is what I wanted. Something I want to see in the future. All right, next one from Aquaman. Despite the past four weeks, still excited to be going to the game, and of course the DNVR bar and the tailgate this week. Hope to see lots of the community Sunday. Uh, why can't Ellis work on a sale of the team during the season? Is it the Bullens, the NFL rules, or just tradition and timing? I think uh, this was sort of the detente that was worked out between Joe Ellis and the Broncos and the NFL. Yeah, wanting to have a season free of that, relatively free of that distraction. Even though as things devolve, you're not free of the distraction. No. Um, I mean, I can. This is really old school, but I remember when uh, in 1994, the original owner of the Bucks, Hugh Culverhouse, died. And the team was in a trust and then was put up for sale in like November. And it, the, the, the uncertain status of the team was pretty much all anybody talked about that year. Are they going to be sold? Are they going to be moved? Blah, blah, blah. So I can see why Joe Ellis, who's been around the NFL and the, for decades and the Broncos for decades, would f- want to find a way to say, let's just play this season out without this hanging over everybody. And then we'll get to the offseason and do it. Yeah, I mean, even though it still is because now the team is struggling, it's like, okay, I mean, what are you going to do about the coaches? And are you going to be able to hire a good coach uh, or the kind of coach that you'd want because no one knows who the owner is going to be? Right. Um, Aquaman, we look forward to seeing yeah. you at the tailgate uh, and yeah. everyone else, of course, who's coming down there. Um, and before we move on, Mace, want to give a shout out to Sexy Pizza, the official pizza of the DNVR tailgate. This stuff is absolutely delicious. Um, I always show up there, like having come off the tailgate show, riding over there. I'm starving by the time I get over to the tailgate, and then I just house like six slices of sexy pizza. And uh, do you feel sexier after you have sexy pizza? I would say so. There you go. I would say so. That's yeah. all the that's all the reason to eat it. Exactly, it's mm. soul fulfilling pizza. Ooh. And uh, so it makes you feel sexy, and it fulfills your soul. Right. Well, when it wow. fulfills your soul, that's that's when you feel so sexy because the confidence so... just exudes from you. Right. Exactly. Uh, 13 years in the Denver community, sexy pizza is as local as it gets. And they also have their philanthropies, which is pretty cool. A portion of every sale from their five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. Uh, and they are delicious. All of the different specialty pies they have. So check out our friends over at sexy pizza. You know, what's a perfect meal day on Sunday. If you go on down the tailgate and have some of that sexy pizza, and then you come back to the DNVR bar afterward. And on the you, bus. On the on the party bus. Or if it's filled up, just make your way here anyway and get yourself one of those delicious Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef burgers here at the DNVR bar. What a great way to cap off your day. You get pizza at lunch, and then you get a Hassle Cattle Company beef burger at dinner. And you know what? You get some of that blue-collar Wagyu that we tell you about all the time. You have the, If you have the burger here at the DNVR bar, that beef is so good that even though you can top that burger with lettuce, tomato, sauces, whatever you want, you're not going to need that much. You may want to just keep it simple to taste the flavor of the Hassle Cattle Company beef. And guess what? If you want more of that, if you come on down to the DMVR bar, 
have that burger and say, I love that beef, I want more. Well, you can go to HassleCattleCompany.com and get 10% off your purchase with the code DNVR10. That's 10% off your purchase with the code DNVR10. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. They're a fourth-generation cattle farm from Texas. They ship all over the USA straight to your door, and they call their beef blue-collar Wagyu. Why? because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, franks with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. They take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, which yields that high, that high prime product with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head on over to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L. CattleCompany.com. Use the code DMVR10 for 10% off. And if you want to stock your freezer, get that order at $200, and you're going to get free shipping. So that's like getting basically 20% off in total when you have that code as well. So DMVR10 for 10% off at Hassle Cattle Company. A $200 order gets you free shipping. And you know what? Then you're never going to worry about what's for dinner if you've got some of that Hassle beef in your freezer. You can say, oh, I got some I got some beef patties, you know, thaw them for the afternoon, put them on the grill at night. And by the way, as the weather is cooling, it's perfect grilling season around here. Perfect. So. Also, perfect time to go over and visit our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they're going to hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. They're a real family atmosphere over at Green Mountain Dental Group because it's a family-owned business, and they're part of the DNVR family as well. You might run into them down here at the DNVR bar for an Avs game one night. You never know. So check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. All right, let's get to a few more yes. questions before we have to get out of here. Next one's from Lionel Hutt's attorney at law. Gentlemen, here's a depressing question. Who has been the best offensive coordinator over the last five years? By the way, uh, a little salt in the wound of me watching my buffs get crushed this weekend was Bill Musgrave calling Billy Mus. for uh, for Cal. Yeah, and um, on balance, wouldn't you kind of have to say that he's the best OC the Broncos have had in no. that time? None of them. Uh, that's my choice. I mean, if you have to choose one. If I had to choose one, I might honestly go with Rich Gangarello because I saw him build an offense around a young quarterback for five games. Okay. That's fair. I mean, and had one great game in that span. One great game, yes, yes. of course. Yeah. And a lot there is some revisionist history on Rich. It was ugly for the tw- 11 games leading up to that stretch it, it was and uh and even then like down the stretch i mean the, the, for drew the chiefs game was ugly there were ugly games with all the quarterbacks that year yeah and there's been ugly games from every right. offensive coordinator though i just i yeah. liked the way he was calling things for drew i felt like he had him comfortable which is something we've never seen from him since i feel like the bet and actually maybe the best game the the best single games that any broncos oc have had were both for skangarello one being the Texans game with Drew Locke, his second start. The other being Brandon Allen's first start. Mm, yep. Absolutely no business winning a game with Brandon Allen at quarterback that day. Against Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah, Browns defense, which got a lot of pressure. I mean, I mean there was one. There was one where Brandon Allen just stood there courageously, got trucked. Yeah. And made a th- and made a throw. Yep. So you know what? Maybe and they you, almost they should have yeah. won the Vikings game the next week. You kind of brought me around to it, but. Because with Billy Muss, he never got the memo on play action. Case Keenum functions reasonably well in play action. You guys talked about it. I know we talked about it on Orange and Blue, and they never did it. No, they never did. I didn't understand it. 
All right, from Endak Logan. Hey guys, long time no comment. Hope all's well. After yesterday, I cannot watch this team anymore. I might have to wear a blindfold on Sunday just to get through the game. The Broncos have had a lot of injuries these past few years. I remember when Kubiak was our coach, he would give the guys rest days and give guys more days to recover. Does Vic do anything like this? I'm just wondering why there's double the amount of injuries than there normally is for this team. If you could shed some light on the topic, why injuries are up, and can you pin any of the reasoning on the coach's scheme or lack of days off? Thanks. There are rest days that, that veterans are getting. I will say, yeah. if there's one thing that players just absolutely always raved about with Gary Kubiak is they said, he takes care of us. Mm -hmm. He is always taking care of our bodies. He's thinking of us. He wants us to be healthy as long as possible. I've never heard anyone say any, anything like that about he, Vic Fangio. He did not believe in the physical practice. Like, I think Vic Fangio will give off days, but when they put on the pads, he wants a physical practice. Whereas Gary Kubiak is a disciple of Mike Shanahan, and Mike Shanahan picked this up from being in San Francisco, even though Bill Walsh was not coaching there, the Walsh influence was still everywhere. And the non-physical practices and the value of them goes all the way back to Bill Walsh not wanting to beat up his 49ers back in the 80s. And Kubiak's directly on that lineage. Yep. So that's where he got that from. And so there's something to that. Yeah. And then now we kind of see it going to another level when you have someone like Sean McVay who says, I'm not even going to put my starters out there in the preseason to save the wear and tear. And it, the players remember this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's important to them. Next one here is from the Appalachian Duke. What's up, friends? You got to tell me about this tailgate party bus. I'm coming out this weekend and doing the game completely DNVR style. Already have my party bus pass purchased. But what's the skinny on the time to be at the bar? Since it's Halloween, is there going to be a costume party before, during, or after? Even though we're not a good team, I'm still really looking forward to this. Plus, I get to see Manning inducted into the Ring of Fame. Go Broncos. Go DNVR. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, to have Peyton go into the Ring of Fame on Sunday. Um, we are doing a Halloween party on Saturday night, mm -hmm. so I don't know if you'll be out here in time for that, but that's when we're going to do our costume party at the DNVR bar. As for the bus, the, the doors open to the bar at 10 a.m. If you want to come in then, you can watch us do the tailgate show, which has been really fun to do in front of a live audience this year. Um, you know, Andre starts screaming and stuff and everyone gets entertained <laughs> by that. Um, so you can hang out from 10 to 11. The bus leaves at 11 and takes you right over the tailgate. Yep. That's, that, that's the way to go. If you, if you want the full day, that's, that's the best way to go. And then you just make sure if you've had a cup too much to drink, you just get an Uber back from the, back home from the DMVR bar and you're set. What more could you want? Next one's from coach Tobin. My guys, everyone talks about the Broncos. Could have had Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, the list goes on. If they were indeed Broncos at said time, would they have been used and coached here as they are where they're at? I truly don't think so. I get the hindsight, but you've also got to look into everything going on. Dolphins could have had Herbert. He's not the same in Miami as he is in L.A. Just a thought. You know what? If you have any of those guys, you're changing the way that you operate if you have any intelligence. Like, for example... Dak, now, Dak Prescott, I think, would have done well in the Gary Kubiak offense. Oh, yeah. I think Prescott would have been fine. Russell Wilson would have developed behind Peyton Manning. Uh, Russ, would have been Russ, Russ would have been fine. Josh Allen, I think that first year it might have been just okay. But then I don't think you would have seen Vic Fangio be the coach. You would have probably hired an offensive-oriented coach for Josh Allen what in 2019. coach was hired in that cycle? Zach Taylor. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff, there you go. You, you you could have hired somebody who who's doing a, clearly doing a very good job with the young quarterback. Lamar Jackson, I loved Lamar Jackson. The Broncos, because of John Elway and how he perceived quarterbacks and he wants to see them under center, would never have picked Lamar Jackson. 
if they would, hopefully they would have not tried to jam the square peg in the round hole because the reason Lamar works is because Greg Roman and John Harbaugh said, we're building this around your skill set and your strengths. Yep. Um, but I do. Yeah. I think there's something to be said. Dak Prescott, remember, he came into the league and was instantly behind the best offensive line in the league. Yeah. That did him wonders. He's handing off to Zeke protected by a great offensive line and i just think that did a lot for his development as a rookie um russell wilson yeah i mean he would have you would have had him sitting behind peyton for two years you would have created a, a monster yeah um so i i understand the sentiment i do mm-hmm. i would worry the most about josh allen and mm-hmm. lamar jackson i i don't think um i don't trust the broncos to have developed that's fair properly. i think they would have gotten things right for definitely for josh allen pretty quickly i think they would have figured that one out hubiak how do we have the best O-line coach in the league and still have the worst offensive line? People want him as the interim coach when Fangio is fired next week, but he came to do his current job. Might as well make the interim coach Tom McMahon for going to bleep coaches. Well, they don't have the worst offensive line in the league. They don't. They don't. And actually, they, in spite of how frustrating things are, it is a much better offensive line than it was when Munchak got here. I would guess that at least 20 fan bases across the NFL think that they have the worst offensive line in the league. Yeah, because it's one of those things where it's about there there aren't a lot of numbers, so it's kind of about feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, my guy's getting shredded. Then you look around, a lot of guys are getting hit. Well, and I've been saying this for years. Push. I think it's it's a problem that uh, face that football faces yeah. is the best athletes are going anywhere but the offensive line. There's just, you know, it's a lot easier to make your money on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting freak athletes like Kayvon Thibodeau becoming an edge rush rusher mm-hmm. and, and you've got you know the big clunky white guys trying to block him it, it's a it's a problem for for football I think they need more young special athletes to want to play offensive line and most of those guys are going to the defensive line and it's creating an imbalance in talent on on in the trenches guys want stats right Where's the big stat for the offensive line? They, Unfortunately, I mean, you, the only like stat they really keep is pancakes, and no one even talks about that. Right, or just okay, you didn't give up a sack in this game. Right, lack of sacks. Exactly, but here's the thing: you can you can get you can win your matchup nineteen times out of twenty, and if you get beaten on the twentieth, they're like, okay, you suck. Totally, it's a it's a thankless it's, it's position. An, exactly, it's completely it's completely unfair. Yeah. So. And I I don't think it's getting any better. I and, just think the athletes are getting more and more crazy on the edge. And the other thing is, this is true for all teams. More sacks are on the quarterback than most people realize. Yeah. And you talk to some offensive linemen, and they'll and you learn from you can you ask them, you'll learn from them just how and why sacks are often on the quarterback. They're on pre-snap reads. They're on the, you know, you didn't diagnose something properly after the snap. You, you, you went too deep in your drop. Like one of the things that, that came up, and I saw this mentioned today on Twitter from some Chiefs reporters regarding Patrick Mahomes, is his drops are too deep right now. Mm. The line is playing better, but he's, not, but he's, but he's dropping and drip, too deep and he's drifting. And that's, and that's messing up the pockets, messing up what the O-line is doing. I am silently and quietly enjoying watching the Chiefs so much but I'm not yeah. so many people are just jumping on the opportunity to like dance on their grave I, I do uh, not have the confidence to do that you know what the Colts went 6-10 and ten in Peyton Manning's fourth year as a starter the Saints had a cluster of 7-9 and nine seasons with Drew Brees as a starter you know it's not Tom Brady in his career is the unicorn but you know, Aaron Rodgers has had some rough seasons for the team as a starter. So just because 
the Chiefs are down this year doesn't mean they're going to have a sustained down patch with Patrick Mahomes. But it only gets tougher for them after this year it because does. his cap hit skyrockets. They are, Next year it's in the 30s. Right. The year after that's in the 40s. They have to draft better. They have to draft and develop better than they have. And frankly, they have not drafted and developed as well since they fired John Dorsey. Mm. They've got some defensive talent in the draft. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's clearly not coming together. Right. Um, all right. If watching the Chiefs fail is making you smile, maybe you want to go and see our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. They'll get that smile nice and pearly and white. And when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they're going to hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush to keep you smiling all the way through the season. Um, they, Like I said earlier, they're part of the DNVR family. They're a family-owned business. They're going to treat you like family when you come over there. They're going to give you a call if you have any work done. Make sure you're feeling good afterwards. Those are the types of people we like to have um, supporting us, and we support them as well. Uh, so check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. If we didn't get to your question today, just copy it over to tomorrow, and we'll try to get to it then. Uh, but we appreciate you guys for tuning in, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you, babe.